You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, recapping a big weekend of spring practices across the SEC as many teams prepare for their annual spring games. We'll update you on who is standing out across the SEC. And a monster weekend of baseball games to recap as well in the conference with Arkansas sending a real statement to everybody and a position change for a monster-sized Tight end at Auburn, J.J. Pegues will update you on the latest there as well. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out each and every day. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. Spring practices happening yesterday, or over the weekend rather, the offense and defense over at Ole Miss, trading some big plays in the Rebels' second open spring scrimmage on Saturday. Lane Kiffin and the Rebels, they opened up Vaught-Hemingway Stadium to fans and media on Saturday for their weekend scrimmage. The team had 17 drives, eight of which were run by quarterback Matt Corral and the first team offense. Turnovers and big plays were the story of the day. The defense scored nearly as many touchdowns as the offense did, but a few less heralded offensive weapons countered with big plays of their own. On defense, junior safety A.J. Finley, perhaps the most impressive day, he scored a long touchdown on a fumble recovery and broke up a third down pass in the red zone to set up a turnover on downs. That might be something to keep an eye on. As we know, Ole Miss Rebels, their Achilles heel last year was that bad defense. If they're better defensively this year, Lane Kiffin's team... Look out. Over in Knoxville, the Tennessee football team practiced inside Neyland Stadium Saturday morning in front of a, several thousand fans. The Vols were working on offensive and defensive drills until they got together on seven on seven and other offensive defensive matchups. Cade Mays worked a bunch of different positions along that offensive line, even playing some right tackle. Cedric Tillman, Velas Jones, Walker Merrill, Jimmy Calloway all had some nice catches working the corner routes and fades at the receiver spot. But the quarterback spot, a lot of people keeping an eye there as Hendon Hooker looked pretty good throwing the ball, especially when he was rolling out. Brian Moore had a few nice throws, especially one to Ramel Keaton in the back of the end zone. A few touchdowns in the hurry up, but did leave a few on the field. Harrison Bailey... Throwing pretty decent on the slant routes, but did not get much help with several dropped passes. So quarterback spot will continue to track in Knoxville as the spring rolls along. Over in Starkville, Mississippi State, they had a week have a week left of spring practice. And coming out of their latest scrimmage over the weekend, Coach Mike Leach praised his defense, which he said came out with a high level of urgency. He said, I thought defensively we played harder than the offense. But the offense did some good things, but very inconsistent. He said quarterback Will Rogers, still a work in progress. Not exactly the you know, confidence boost there for Will Rogers, but one of the players who performed well on Saturday, Leach said wide receiver Rufus Harvey, who made several big plays, including a couple of touchdowns in Saturday's scrimmage. Over in Lex- Lexington, Kentucky coach Mark Stoops talked about the offense following a scrimmage 
Saturday where he said he is cautiously optimistic about the offense until they get into live action. He said, look, I know we looked really good today. I've been pleasantly surprised, very pleased with the way they're picking up the offense, the execution of getting in and out of the huddle, executing plays. I'm seeing the guys gain, gain some confidence and seeing some playmakers make some big plays. Wandell Robinson is one of those guys to keep an eye on on offense this year in Kentucky. A lot of buzz about him coming over from Nebraska. Over in Athens on Saturday, it was a rainy day as Georgia conducted its second scrimmage of the spring. But uh, for Coach Kirby Smart, he said Georgia typically has a game or two per season, which is played under rainy circumstances. So the Bulldogs got in some wet ball practice. Georgia finished inside the indoor practice facility after it started the scrimmage in Sanford Stadium. Kirby Smart said, I was pleased with the effort and the enthusiasm. Probably wasn't the best execution we had in terms of offense and defense. As far as the running back position goes, Kirby said they're dinged up there right now, but Kendall Milton did a nice job with some physical runs on Saturday. Over at Alabama, they're working towards the end of their spring practice. Coach Nick Saban said quarterback Bryce Young continues to round into form, being a leader on the field. He said, I told him one of the things he has to work on is having presence on the field, being the man, so to speak, taking charge, being in command. I think he's done better and better with that. I think he realizes what he needs to do to try to help the players around him play better. Over at South Carolina, they had their first scrimmage of the Shane Beamer era on Saturday. And talking with reporters afterward, Beamer complimented the play of all of his quarterbacks, but reiterated that Luke Doty remains atop the depth chart, while Jason Brown, Colton Gauthier, and Connor Jordan are all doing some good things. He said, right now, for the most part, Luke is the guy that our offense looks to as its leader and is going to get a majority of the reps. He said, those guys have to make it a competition, but Luke's doing a great job right now. We've got a ways to go. Over at Auburn, a major position move of the spring. Auburn uh, former freshman tight end J.J. Pegues is now working on the defensive line. New head coach Brian Harson said, J.J. is a guy now who's done a tremendous job working with the offense. We made that move to put him on the D-line. I had a conversation with him. And here's what I'm thinking. A guy like Pegues, really anybody like this on the team, you have those conversations of anything you need me to do. He's athletic. He can do a lot of things. I think this position fits him. He's a really great culture guy to be in that room. I think he is a leader. But Giza has long been one of the more athletic big guys in the SEC, especially for being 300 pounds, six foot three. Played in all 11 games as a true freshman last fall, catching seven passes for 57 yards. He also carried the ball five times for 14 yards as a Wildcat quarterback. Some SEC hoops news over at Alabama. Nate Oates has landed another big-time commitment from the transfer portal on Sunday. Transfer forward Noah Gurley tweeted his commitment to Alabama. Chose the tide over the likes of Florida, Auburn, Miami, and Marquette. This past year as a redshirt freshman, Gurley started all 25 games for Furman, averaging almost 16 points a game. On Thursday, Alabama landed a commitment from Texas Tech transfer Namari Burnett, so... Alabama hitting the reload button pretty quick with a lot of transfers. Over at Florida, Noah Locke announced his new school. He is officially headed to Louisville. Six-foot-four guard. Interested in several other schools across the country, but uh, Locke averaged almost 11 points and two and a half rebounds a game in 25 games last year as a junior for Florida. Less than a week after he announced his plans to transfer out of Arkansas, forward Ethan Henderson has found a new home within the SEC. He shared on social media over the weekend he is committed to play at Texas A&M. 
six foot eight, two hundred ten pounder, was the top player in Arkansas coming out of high school. Played three seasons with the Razorbacks, but now he stays in the SEC West, going over to Texas A&M. South Carolina, they picked up their third transfer commitment this past week. Washington transfer guard Eric Stevenson announced his commitment to Frank Martin's program on Sunday. It is Stevenson's second time transferring. He originally started at Wichita State before heading to Washington, and now he's heading to South Carolina. Frank Martin has now added three new players via the portal over the last eight days. George Mason transfer A.J. Wilson announced his pledge last Wednesday, and Columbia native and Murray State transfer Chico Carter Jr. announced his commitment to the Gamecocks as well. And over at Georgia, Tom Crane is working to restock his program. On Sunday, he received a commitment from Jalen Ingram, a transfer out of Florida Atlantic. Ingram started 90 games for the Owls and has scored more than 1,000 points in his collegiate career. He's 6'7", 219 pounds. The Georgia native who also averaged five rebounds a game from the field. Ingram shot 45% at the line. He made 71% of his free throws. He left FAU as sixth all-time in points scored. So that's a, a good get for Tom Crane and the Georgia Bulldogs. And that is around the conference. So when we return, we're going to jump into some SEC baseball talk, recap the weekend that was. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your sports action. Look, college sports may be over for right now, at least the ones that we bet on, like football and basketball, but we still got the NBA. We still got some futures for college football. If you got some a good feeling on who's going to win the national championship next year or Heisman, whatever it is, Bet Online has got you covered with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They got you covered with all the news scores and odds it is the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up head to their website right in right now you can do so on your mobile device your laptop your tablet whatever sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use your our promo code locked on it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n head to betonline.ag use the promo code locked on get 50 percent on your welcome bonus on your first deposit it is bet online your online sportsbook experts Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. Well, there was a lot going on this weekend in SEC baseball, and let's just jump into it. There was a lot to recap that happened over the weekend. How about the red-hot Arkansas Razorback baseball team? And what turned out to be the series of the weekend over at Swayze Field in front of some large crowds, over 33,400 fans attended the weekend series, the highest attendance in program history for the Ole Miss Rebels. And this isn't a pandemic. If you saw some of the videos, it was uh, quite a sight to see with Ole Miss fans going nuts, throwing Water in the air, jumping up into the air, screaming, and look, the fireworks were plenty in this one. But it was the Razorbacks taking two out of three, including a thriller on Sunday at Arkansas. Won eighteen to fourteen. Arkansas took the opener seven to three in the first of the Saturday doubleheader. Then Ole Miss won the second one thirteen to six. But yesterday's game was tied fourteen to fourteen heading into the eighth inning. 
and Arkansas ended up scoring the final four runs. Jalen Battles, Cullen Smith, and Braden Webb all had monster days at the plate. Kevin Copps was able to shut the door on Ole Miss to secure the victory. If you go by the D1 baseball rankings, they had Arkansas at number two coming into this weekend, Ole Miss at number three. So you have to think Arkansas should jump back into that number one spot to leapfrog Vanderbilt. But what a series it was for anybody who attended it. You saw some good baseball. And if you're Arkansas, man, you got to be walking with your chest puffed out a little bit. They have gotten some monster wins here in recent weeks. And what a series uh, to take on the road in a hostile environment at Ole Miss. And speaking of Vanderbilt, props to the Georgia Bulldogs, taking two out of three versus the number one ranked team, the Vanderbilt Commodores. And Georgia started things on Thursday night, rocking Kumar Rocker, attacking him for six runs off seven hits in five innings to hand Rocker his first loss of the season. Although Rocker did record 12 strikeouts in the process, Jack Leiter, he did, did what he always does. He shut down the Bulldogs on Friday night, pitching seven innings of one-run ball to go with 13 strikeouts. But the Dogs fought back to win the series on Saturday, winning 9-1. to one. Jonathan Cannon threw seven shutout innings versus that dangerous Commodores lineup. Huge series victory for the Georgia Bulldogs, who were sending a message, hey, we're not dead. We're not bottom dwellers. We're here to fight in the SEC, take two out of three against the number one team in the country. Quite impressive. Top five ranked Mississippi State. They took care of business on the road at Auburn this weekend, sweeping the Tigers, outscoring them by a combined score of 32-17. to Yesterday, Joseph Gonzalez for Auburn did not even make it out of the first inning before giving up nine earned runs to Mississippi State. Logan Tanner drove in five ribbies yesterday while Cameron James kept his red-hot bat going. He had multiple hits in every game of the series. Somewhat surprise team of the SEC this season, the Tennessee Volunteers. They kept their winning ways going. Take it two out of three versus Florida over in Knoxville. The Vols were 6-4 and four and 5-4 and four before dropping the third game yesterday, 7-6 to six versus the Gators. The Vols are now 9-3 in the SEC, having won every weekend series in SEC play so far. Pitcher Chad Dallas has turned out to be a solid Friday night starter for the Vols as he pitched seven innings, allowing 300 runs in Friday's win to go with 11 strikeouts. Evan Russell had a big nine on Friday, going three for four at the plate, driving in three runs. Both the Vols and Vandy are now tied at 9-3 atop the SEC East, and that just sets up a monster series coming up this weekend between those two teams over in Knoxville at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. That one should be a packed house over there in Knoxville this weekend as uh, Tennessee a chance. If they could take two out of three against Vanderbilt, and keep in mind, some really strong arms with Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, but the Vols could take two out of three against Vandy. I mean, my goodness. What, were we sleeping on Tennessee coming into this season? Look, they were preseason ranked, so people thought they'd be good, but not top five good. And that's how good the Vols have played thus far. When we return, we will continue our recap of all the SEC action this past weekend in baseball. Quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. We tell you guys all the time it is the best-tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors. Well, more than that now. They keep adding them and adding them. They still got the 12 original flavors. I tell you guys all the time the cookies and cream is my favorite. 17 grams of protein packed in there. 
only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs. If you're looking for something, you know, just to indulge in a delicious treat in the afternoon and you don't want to go for potato chips, cookies, things like that, look, Built Bars taste awesome. They are covered in 100% chocolate. So this isn't like some, you know, chalky, what am I eating type thing. This is real chocolate and really good tasting. And the protein is packed in there. You don't even taste it. But if you go to their website right now, I guarantee you're going to find something that you like. Head to BuiltBar.com right now and use their promo code LOCKED15. And when you do so, you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I recommend you try the variety pack so you can try all the different delicious flavors that they have. Find which one that you love right now. Head to BuiltBar.com. Hey, just a little over a week away, April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, Michael Lombardi, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue our conversation, recapping the action that was over the weekend in SEC baseball and a lot still to get into and recap. How about South Carolina? They dropped their opener against Missouri before coming back to win the next two, 11-1 and then 13-4. But in yesterday's rubber match, Gamecocks first baseman David Mendham ripped a bases-loaded single to the wall in the bottom of the first to score a couple of runs. Then Brendan Maloney followed with a mammoth two-run homer in the second. And the Gamecocks never look back. But despite the 11th-ranked Gamecocks winning this series, the story of the weekend was heckling at Founders Park. Missouri players were having words with South Carolina fans for much of this weekend, so much so that A.D. Ray Tanner had to issue a warning on Saturday night on his Twitter account and the school website saying he had a discussion with his staff And everyone understands that they want Founders Park to have a home field advantage with a family atmosphere. However, he said nobody will be removed for appropriate heckling, just no profanity or vulgarity. There were reports that some students were removed on Saturday for uh, using not-so-great language. But yesterday in the seventh inning, Missouri shortstop Joshua Day had some words with some heckling South Carolina fans as he was going into the dugout. Security, event staffers, and umpires ended up getting involved. And several of the fans were briefly escorted out of their seats, but then later returned. A little while later, Gamecocks third base coach Stuart Lake acknowledged that same group of fans with a fist pump, which led to Lake having some words with the Missouri coach, again requiring umpires to intervene. So, might be something to keep an eye on there as the season rolls along. But South Carolina, look, there's heckling and then there's maybe overstepping the boundaries where you get a little inappropriate while there's kids and whatnot at the game. But uh, I think South Carolina is in the message. We're going to be a hostile place to come into. We're not letting the uh, opposing team come in here and not hear some things while they're out there. Up in uh, Lexington, Kentucky this weekend, the LSU Tigers, they rose from the dead a little bit to take two out of three Versus the Kentucky Wildcats, LSU won the first two games of the series before dropping Sunday's game 13-4. to 
LSU won Friday night's game 15-2 behind a really dominant pitching performance by Landon Marceau, who pitched seven and a third innings, holding Kentucky to just one earned run with eight strikeouts. Marceau has moved into that Friday night ace role these past few weeks and really having to carry that load with Jaden Hill out for the rest of the season. In Saturday's game, LSU's number two starter, A.J. Labus, pitched well six innings of three-run ball, and he's kind of been the quiet contributor of that staff, ERA down to 3-4-6 and lowering by the week. If LSU is going to turn this dismal season around, it starts with Marceau and Labus, and they were key to winning this series this weekend. LSU is now just 20-12 and overall, only 3-9 and in the SEC. Some very tough series ahead for LSU playing South Carolina this weekend, then they're at Ole Miss, then they're home for Arkansas. Just a quick note, LSU last missed the postseason back in 2011 and starting to look like they may uh, miss it again this year. The final series of the weekend, Alabama, they swept Texas A&M over in College Station. Owen Diodati hit a three-run homer in the seventh yesterday for a 7-1 win over the Aggies at Bluebell Park. The sweep was Alabama's first road series sweep in SEC play since 2017, and the tide improved to 5-7 and seven in SEC play. So now, as we look at the standings, you kind of have to wonder who is more disappointed in their season so far. you got Missouri sitting at the bottom of the SEC East at 4-8 and eight overall. I'm sure their fans not happy about that. And then you got the three teams at the bottom of the SEC West. You got LSU and Texas A&M at three and nine, and you got Auburn at a dismal one and eleven. I know LSU fans had high expectations this year. The team opened as a preseason top fifteen, so sitting at three and nine in the conference, not where they expected to be. But Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball tweeted yesterday that even he is surprised by Auburn's eleven and one start to SEC play. I think the folks in Auburn had much higher hopes for Butch Thompson's crew this season. Don't know if they can uh, turn this thing around, though, sitting at 1-11. and 11. Even if you win two out of three, two out of three, it still may not be enough to uh, get Auburn back into it. And that is a recap of what happened this past weekend in SEC baseball. Look, it's crazy. I, I said this, uh, you know, the past few weeks, and I, and I keep reiterating it. We knew the SEC was loaded with talent this year, and you got some premium teams from Vanderbilt to Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee proven they're the real deal, but somebody's got to lose, right? Like, not everybody can be good when you're playing the, the SEC. It's kind of what we saw in football last year, right? When you're playing uh, so many, you know, conference teams and you're all playing each other, it just makes it so tough. Somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to be bad. So, it's unfortunate, but uh, we'll see if parity plays a role in the coming weeks and we start to see some of these teams up top lose, kind of like we saw Georgia sneak up and win two out of three against Vanderbilt. Will the same happen to Arkansas and some of those other teams in the coming weeks? We will see. But that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll get into some more football talk as the week rolls along. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have an awesome Monday. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.